Let's bring in our first guest of the day on FT Live. Joining us for the first time, Sarah Valenzuela, who did a phenomenal job covering the Angels on the beat for the LA Times. And unfortunately, the LA Times decided they're like barely covering baseball anymore and made a ton of layoffs. But yeah, it, it is sad, the story, as, as I obviously poke fun at it a little bit. But Sarah, great to have you on here for the first time. Sorry about the news with the company. Obviously, it has nothing to do with you and excited to see your next steps. But how are you and how was the past year, especially covering the Angels? Thank you, first of all, so much for even having me on. I'm truly honored and humbled to be here. Um, the last year, it, it's funny because I, I joined I, I joined the beat in June 2022, and it was <laughs> at kind of a weird time. Um, they had just come off that 14-game losing streak, so I came into a clubhouse that I was unfamiliar with. Um, the vibes were kind of weird. I was trying to get people to talk to me. No one really knew who I was. Coming into the 23 season, getting to see everyone from the start, like night and day, everyone was so happy. But then as the season progressed, it kind of, it kind of just got to a point where I was like, I'm kind of tired. You guys are probably kind of tired. Um, but still witnessing the 23 season for all its highs and its lows was incredible. Just for me, a baseball fan and as a journalist, it was, it was a privilege to be there. So it says here, uh, you worked, uh, for the New York daily news for three years. New York, I did. Yankee. Yes, you're Queens native. <laughs> I, I I've been reading up on you, girl. You're doing your thing. I see you. I see you, Queens native. You work for the Yankees and the Mets. Talk to me a little bit so people can understand the little differences. I mean, going out to California and working in New York. Um, talk to us a little bit about you know East Coast and West Coast and uh, what you like, what you didn't like. You know, so different. Um, so uh, being the backup. Uh, writer for the for the Mets and Yankees. I mean, there's so much more of a media presence, um, and in my head, I thought that was that was the norm. I I, I had never been in another clubhouse before, um, so being around so many other writers and journalists, and then um, just uh, the certain types of access that we would have. Um, and this was I, my first season uh, helping with Yankees and Mets was, I believe, 2018 or 2019. I always forget. But then we hit pandemic. And it was weird and everything was over Zoom. Um, everyone's asking questions, but we're all in the same room, but we're not in the same room. And then we get out of pandemic and the first like clubhouse instance we get, I think the first game I covered was a, it was a, it was a Mets game, but it was rained out. So I'm walking into the into a clubhouse for the first time post pandemic when, when media are back in clubhouses. I'm just like, oh, right. People exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was so weird seeing everyone again. Um, but then shipping out to Southern California and going to cover Angels, um, like night and day, uh, the as far as um, American media goes, it, much way, way smaller cohort. Um, it was really just the, the four of us. But then there's this huge following of, of Japanese media that are there just for Shohei Otani. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you guys all follow him everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so night and day. But... Uh, all all learning experiences across the board. I am what? so sorry. My dog, I think he hears someone passing the door. <laughs> no worries. That's okay. We have dogs too. We, we get it. <laughs> we have, I mean, we had kids on here yesterday. I mean, dogs. I mean, it's all, it's all good. Sir. We, no good. rules. Whatever. Anything goes. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so you, you were talking about going from east to west, and, and then you walk into the Angels Clubhouse. It's obviously daunting, especially in the middle of the year. So you're kind of like, man, they lost 14 games. I don't know who to talk to who's good. That's a tough clubhouse, though, because Otani doesn't talk, right? 
Rendon clearly doesn't talk. He didn't, he no habla inglés. <laughs> so that's, I mean, he doesn't talk. And then, you know, Mike Trout, he's, he's good, but he doesn't say a whole lot. He's, he's kind of very cut and dry, which is fine. That's his choice. But when you cover the angels, who do you go to? If you need a quote after a game, who do you go to and say, stick to your, if, you're, if I'm, if I'm you, I go, okay, I want to talk to boom, because he's going to give me a great quote. Um, you know, it kind of, it, it varies by game. It really depends on what all happened. Um, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I really like speaking to Mickey Moniak. Um, he was super insightful. Um, Zach Neto um, and uh, Logan O'Hoppy, when they were available, um, both also very insightful. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Aaron Loop. Uh, when, when it was, uh, relevant, um, also pretty insightful, um, candid, uh, Carlos Estevez also, uh, willing to be like open and candid. I think for the most part, a lot of the guys are, a lot of the guys are, are open to speaking and, and, um, are candid. It really just depends on what all was happening and who I, cause I didn't, I, I, I've, tried to like walk the tightrope of, okay, if you had a bad game, I don't really want to like, you're clearly upset. I don't really want to make it worse. Um, so I, I kind of just want to give some space a little bit, try to approach gently. Um, if it was a good game, you kind of just look at, you look around the room and try to see who's, who's riding the high of like, Oh my God. Yes. Everything. Makes sense. Makes total sense. I mean, as a player, listen, we also know it's part of our job. We have to answer questions. So, uh, what was it like? I want to know what it was like. You know, you never really got to talk to Otani probably one-on-one, -on -one, right? He was always surrounded by a million. So wouldn't you like to have access to, like, sit down with him and do an actual sit-down interview? Like all of us would, right? So are you, I, I know, sadly, you're not, you know, hopefully you're still going to be around the Angels. But, like, wouldn't it – how different is it going to be for the guys, the reporter guys, that are there and there's no Otani to, to – hope to get to say hi to him, I guess. Yeah, it, it was definitely weird. It was when I first got into the angels clubhouse, the first rule that I, or one of the first rules I was told was, Hey, um, Otani doesn't do one-on-ones. Don't really speak to him. Um, we, we say like, hi and, and like casual, like greeting, but that's, that was about it. But there were many times that I would have loved to speak to him one-on-one -on -one or even just, get some availability, um, especially that stretch, um, after like August, um, afterwards from last season, um, after he had gotten injured, it was, it was, it was rough trying to dance around, um, what everyone else had to say about him without actually hearing from him. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of the time it was like that, even from 22 and even before he got injured in, in 23, um, it's a lot of just dancing around what anyone else has to say about him without actually getting something from him until he, it's his turn to speak again. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the, the access part was, it confused me for a little bit until I was, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. You know, some guys that don't like talking to media, some guys are just like, you know what, come on over and I'll talk to you, whatever you want to do. So my question to you is they got Ron Washington, a guy, He'll talk to the media all day. He's got plenty of wisdom. He's a great guy. He's going to do well over there, I think. Uh, talk to us about that signing and, and what he kind of brings to the table 
for this Angels team that, you know, is on the outside looking in right now? Yeah, um, I, unfortunately, I, I didn't have the chance to get to know Ron Washington, like, too much. I won't get to, to get to interact with him during spring training. Um, but in, in the times I did interact with him, he, he, he speaks in, in like wisdom. It's like, he's always trying to give advice. We were, uh, when we had our, uh, during winter meetings, we ha- have our, our breakfast. So all the media members have a, a breakfast with the, the managers. So I sit next to him. I don't even remember what I asked him. All I know is that it turned into like a life coaching advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm here. I'm here with you. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, something you, you didn't know you needed to hear, but then you hear it. You're like, man, that felt, that felt pretty good right now. All right, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's good um, stuff. But yeah, no, I, I, I think because of his personality, um, he's super energetic and he listens and he is so willing to give so much advice. I think that'll be very beneficial, especially for the young core that's, that's going to be playing through 24 um, and beyond. Uh, definitely something that, that, that they could probably lean on and, and would benefit them. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to dive into the team here a little bit. Um, the bullpen last year was not good, not good at all. It seems, and it seems like they are putting some money and effort into the bullpen. Um, how do you see that playing out? And um, you know, this is it's it's a daunting division they have right here with all the signings and everything else. But how do you see? Um, you know, they've been doing that. Artie's been doing with getting the bullpen pieces. Stevenson's a really good pickup, to name one. Um, how do you think they're going to look uh, when it comes to that part of their team? Yeah, their bullpen has made oh well Perry has has made plenty of notable upgrades and in, into the bullpen um coming into 24. I mean, last year they had the, the fifth worst bullpen, so you have to believe it's only up from there. Um <laughs> uh yeah, no, last year it aside from like it, it was they're battling kind of this trying to not tax the bullpen so much. They're battling also injuries in the bullpen. How do you make up for a lack of depth um, in the, in the rotation when someone gets injured, it it just trickles down into the bullpen. Um, So having a little bit more of a stability in terms of veteran arms um, or or at least experienced arms um, would definitely help them. Uh, I think I wrote a story last year just about how they were struggling to find that, bridge in the bullpen to, to get to Estevez in the ninth. Um, so I, you got to believe it's only up from here. The guys that they have brought in have shown potential in, in previous seasons that, that they are reliable as, as relievers um, or could be reliable in relief. Um, so they, on paper, this is good. <laughs> they, they obviously lost Otani and, they're bringing in bullpen help. Why won't Artie Moreno spend big on a starter? Why won't he bring in a starter, which they clearly need? They need probably more than one starter. And then with Otani gone, how is it going to affect guys like Reed Detmer said on here, hey, no more six-man rotation. We're going to be on the standard five-man and Sandoval and some of the other guys. So why won't Artie Moreno, one, buy starting pitching? And two, do you think these some of these young guys are going to be better off because they're going to be more on a set schedule and know when they're going to pitch? Yeah, Um 
one of the many millions dollars of questions. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> um, Artie has never historically been known for for rebuilding anywhere or any any, any part of this team. Um, so them banking on having the 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 core of young arms that they have for for the rotation, the guys that they presently have. Banking on that, but then also rebuilding in the bullpen. I mean, it, this kind of mirrors what they've done in, in previous seasons where you, you build on what the, the weakest part is without kind of like tearing the whole thing down. Um, and it all kind of goes back to they, no matter what, they they think they want to be content. Sorry, they want to be contenders every year. Um, and even coming into this offseason, Perry uh, said to us in the very beginning, you know, I am still committed to building a winner in Anaheim. Um, so already not wanting to spend uh, money to or just the team historically, not spending money, not spending too much money on, on, um, starters. I mean, big question for Artie. <laughs> um, <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> I honestly, I, 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 I'd spoken to the, I spoke, uh, sorry, I spoke to him exactly two times, hmm. but neither was like substantial. It was just like, Oh, Hi. And it's kind of running away. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, as far as the rest of the rotation goes without Otani, I'm, it, it, it may end up being a blessing in disguise. When you consider Otani a phenomenal player who could do uh, who could pitch and hit, you, of course you want that on your team. But he also kind of handcuffed that rotation into that six-man rotation. Um, and especially last year, it, after all the injuries, it just – it. It, it worked out somehow, but the results didn't actually play out. I mean, we know how the season ended. Um, but um, it, it might be a blessing in disguise, especially for um, the, the not quite as young, <laughs> but guys like Reed Detmers and, and Sandoval um, or even Anderson just to be on more of a stable ro routine um, and not have to worry about, okay, well, if this guy didn't pitch this day, but he wants to go this day, now we all have to figure out the rest of us. It might, it might, it might end up being a benefit. It might end up being a blessing in disguise for them. Understood. Understood. I want to go talk about Rendon a little bit, playing against him, knowing <laughs> the guy he is Talk, <laughs> and you laugh because we all know he's a little crazy and that's why I love him. Um, I want to talk about the situ the situation last year with the bruise or the fracture. Remember he talked about, well, it's actually fractured um, uh, his foot or whatever it was. And now they're saying the team was saying it was bruised. You have any information about that? Cause we want to, we want to get this story straight here. I, I'm, I want to get it straight. I'm curious to, to hear what your thoughts were about the whole thing. Yeah, no, um, I, I've never actually had uh, any, any issues with Anthony Rendo. And whenever I wanted to speak to him, he, he, he popped up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, no, um, with the injuries, I honestly, I, 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 I feel bad for the guy sometimes. I'm just like, man, how, I can't imagine being so injured all the time when like you need to not be injured to do your job. Um, <laughs> the bruise versus the fracture thing. So I actually spoke with a doctor about this because I was I was confused about like how several doctors could could have like a, a discrepancy about it or, or I'm trying to remember. I think it was like. They went to like three doctors or four different doctors, all but one diagnosed it as a fracture. So I spoke to a doctor and he was saying that um, the the type of contusion that he had and the and the fracture were were one and the same. They could be diagnosed as as the same because they they show up 
about the same on on uh, certain scans. Um, I th this was one big like, what are you talking about <laughs> in my head? Um, <laughs> um, I honestly, I, I'm still kind of confused about it. Um, the the fracture part and the bruise part. I one big bruise or slightly a fracture. I mean, but both just are awful. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still kind of a little bit confused uh, as to all of that because we we got all this information on on the same day and it was just like okay so he's fine but he's not fine um because <laughs> it was after 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 uh after he uh after the, that ball i clicked clipped him in the leg and we would see this guy walking around on on crutches um and he was, he was on crutches for a little bit but then one day he wasn't so we'd go up to him hey what's going on oh well, they told me uh, it's, uh, I'm not at risk of, of like breaking it or something like that. So he's like, I ditched the, cr ditched the crutches to start walking. He starts doing more like on field activity. I'm like, okay, so he's coming back maybe, <laughs> but then we hear the fracture part. So I am still confused about it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think they need to clean that up, which is, you know, what Wash talked to us about on the show when we brought him on you know he was saying i've talked to him on the phone and he was going to go meet with him in person right after we were talking to him so you just can't have that kind of like dissension from one of you know your supposedly star players from the past all right so let's go to his teammate trout so why do you think he doesn't get more vocal about potentially looking for another destination because i mean all signs point to this team going through some tough times over the next few years. It seems like they kind of had their window of opportunity. Unfortunately, didn't get to the postseason. I know there's some exciting young talent, but you also just have to weigh yourself against the division with the Rangers, the Astros, even the Mariners, a few steps ahead of them. So, I mean, I think most people would say the Angels probably aren't going to be good again until like 2026 or seven. So why doesn't he request a trade? From what I gather about Trout is he is both loyal and comfortable at least this is this is how i piece it together in my head um when he 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 didn't even get to his own free agency period he kind of was just like yep i am staying here and this is what it is it was in in my head i rationalized this as he is a very loyal he's very loyal to to seeing the this team through to what he can do um and also he is just he just likes where he is he um gets to play somewhere where it's yes, there is pressure, but it's not quite the same kind of pressure as say maybe playing for the Dodgers. Um, the, the fan base here um, will embrace the team here through good and bad. Um, he is being compensated very, very fairly. Um, and, but like beyond that, I, I think it's, he is, for better or worse, committed to to seeing this team that he started with um, getting to a place that he knows that he could say that he he brought them to. That makes sense. Yeah, totally, absolutely. He's comfortable. He's comfortable. He's he's got the right to stay, and he likes Anaheim. He likes living in Newport Coast. I mean, I can't really blame him. It's kind of a nice place. I'm sure you've seen it uh, when you're in your travels down there. It's not it's not a bad place if you can live there, as you know. Uh, new new manager now, Ron Washington comes in. What's he going to bring? And what what's 
What's he going to bring? Maybe I should ask this because Phil Nevin's a friend of mine. I played for Ron Washington in Texas, and I know what Wash is. I know what Nev's about. What's he going to be able to change and get out of these angels that other managers haven't been able to do? I think a lot of where Ron's strength is from from getting to know him a little bit and listening to other people talk about him is um, how he plays in, in that like mentor mentee uh, role um, and just trying to help bring the best out of some of the younger players um, that and, and helping in in um, helping in pro- provide some guidance in, ter- in terms of defense like every time we spoke to him through the off season, um, it was some kind of like, yes, I am a defensive mechanic or defensive. No, he didn't use the term wizard, but he, he touted, he touted his ability to, to, to upgrade a defense. Um, and everyone liked to talk about how, um, how, how well he does with, with younger players. Um, since this, it, it will be a, a younger team coming in for, for next year, a younger core, it, that could be, the, that could be a difference, um, a difference maker. But, you know, all remains to be seen. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah, before we let you go, uh, we do have a question here from a fan that's more on the media side from Cliff. Cliff said, what's the secret to trying to get a player out of, quote, talking to the media mode? Like, you know, trying to get the anti boring vanilla answer hey we're taking it one game at a time kind of situation right some people have their tricks or secrets on maybe having a combo first about fantasy football for a minute or whatever right i I don't know if there was anything that you used as a go-to that was helpful for you to kind of relate to people or if it's just relationship building in general that they kind of trust that you're there every day and you're gonna take their quote for what it is for me it's it a lot of it is relationship building um yeah, no, a lot of it is, is relationship building, but there are some times where you'll go into an interview and um, let's say it was, it was a bad game. Um, I My approach is kind of a little bit more gentle. So like, hey, do you have a, a moment to maybe chat a little bit here and there? And I'll, I'll I, I kind of just pose my, my questions a little bit more gently. Um, and I, I that kind of worked for me. Um, there are some people who I just... As, as, as much as I try interview after interview, I got the same kinds of answers. Um, <laughs> and that that's not even a matter of like relationship building. It's just that's, that's their own media training. Say, don't say too much. Um, say like just enough to, to like get an answer. Um, I'm trying to think who in, oh, David Fletcher. He was, he was one, like, it doesn't really matter how many times you talk to him. Um, he, he kind of gave the same kinds of answers and that's just, that's, that's just how he, he answers is what I, I got him to, to speak like a little, little bit more when I did a, I did a feature story on him and his brother, Dominic. Um, and he opened up just a little bit more, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's tough. He's tough to crack, right? <laughs> that's, that's fair. Well, Sarah, it was awesome having you on. And I agree with you, by the way, that is a good approach. I've, use that approach in the past too it's kind of like the innocent like hey you just have a, a minute you know like the yeah. instead of the forceful yeah. sometimes todd father probably can speak to this in new york where it's like todd you know like <laughs> almost as if they're demanding like hey you owe me this 10 minutes right now it's more like hey you, you have a sec for yeah, me i, look I know you're busy like, right huh? uh, what which approach would work better sarah and me yeah. coming up saying yeah, hey, you, you just that, have a sec or like hey todd todd i got you right right now for 10 
and, right. I, and I start speaking Spanish. I'm like, am I cold? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh? So good, good question there from Cliff and <laughs> good stuff. Sarah. Yeah, we appreciate it. Obviously, again, you know, uh, sorry to hear the news, but um, you know, more sorry for them and and obviously the fans that are going to miss out on on great coverage. But now it'll get picked up somewhere else. So. Uh, excited to see your next steps um, and where you're at. And for anyone that wants to follow Sarah at Sarah underscore I S A B E L V E E Sarah Isabel V. Um, thanks again, Sarah. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good things on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that was great. <laughs>